Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's Holy Word. Welcome to Dwell in the Word. Here we are on November 5th. It is Friday, and we're opening with another prayer from Leading in Prayer by Hughes Elephant Old. Another prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Blessed you are, Lord, great God, eternal majesty on high, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. O God, our pure delight, our greatest joy and holy happiness, pour out now your Holy Spirit, the inner witness, the spirit of truth, that the covenants of the patriarchs, the visions of the prophets, and the testimonies of the apostles might be for us the way of life. Pour out now your Holy Spirit, that we might live in you and you in us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, so we're going to finish up Acts chapter 2 today. We're going to be reading from verse 42 through verse 47. Hear the word of the Lord. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So we finish out chapter 2 of Acts by looking at what the result was of Peter's teaching at Pentecost. And so what happened with those who remained around Jerusalem? Well, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they were listening to what the apostles had to say. Remember, they were with Jesus and they were going to be proclaiming that message that, Paul, that Peter had at Pentecost about Jesus dying for their sins, him being the one who was promised, looking back to the prophets. So that was one of the first things that we see that they were doing here. They also devoted themselves to the fellowship. They were caring for each other. They were devoted to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They were together. And so not only were they listening to the teaching, they were praying together. They were breaking bread together. They were living together as a Christian community. And we see here that awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Now the idea here is that the apostles are now the ones who are preaching and proclaiming this new thing that is being done. Remember, there is a change in the economy, right? In the way that God is interacting with his people. We saw that with Peter's sermon at Pentecost. Remember, all those who call upon the name, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It isn't just the Hebrew people anymore. God has now saved his people through the work of Jesus. And so things are happening in a different way. And so we're seeing that the apostles have the authority to teach. The apostles have the authority to set up the church this way because God is working through them. That's what the signs are. They weren't, they weren't just signs for signs sake. And, and back when we were in Mark, we sort of talked about this with Jesus too. The signs aren't just signs to be signs. They are there to show the authority of the one who is giving them that when they teach, It is not just their ideas that are going forth, but it is God who is working through them. They're seeing that these signs are meaning that they have the authority to determine what the doctrine is, how the church functions, all these things that will be happening. 
And we see something interesting here. I didn't, I didn't highlight it, but it's important for it to be brought up. Notice in verse 45, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, sometimes you get from this an idea that the best way to be the church is to sell everything and live in a commune. But this is the only place where we see this happening. We don't have a command to do this anywhere else in the New Testament. We don't see this anywhere else. This was something that they felt necessary to do at this time in the history at the beginning of the church. This is what they were doing. Now, this doesn't mean we can't sell some of our possessions and help out our brothers and sisters in Christ. But to take this passage and say that we somehow we need to live in some sort of commune and, and put all, pool all our stuff together and, and distribute it to everybody equally, that's not what's being, um, this isn't commanded here, I guess you could say. And we know that, again, because it's not mentioned anywhere else in the New Testament, and it's not commanded uh, by anything that Paul said, and, and Jesus didn't command this either, right? So they must have been doing it for a particular reason, and it's the beginning of the church, uh, things are happening in such a way they their their lives are uncertain. Um, they may be thinking that perhaps persecution is coming. There's all kinds of reasons that we could speculate with, but but we won't know. But this is what happened here, and it was important. Especially, we know it's important because Luke mentions it. Right? Luke is saying, telling them about telling us about this. And so notice what else they did. Day by day, they went to the temple. They broke bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, and they praised God. They were worshiping together. And notice this last line. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It is the Lord that is doing this work. People are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and they are coming to faith. And God is adding them to this early church. That is how this works. They are proclaiming the gospel. And in the case of the apostles, they were doing these wonders to show that they had the authority to teach. And God used the proclamation of this gospel of Jesus Christ to bring people to faith, that they might be a part of the family of God that was meeting here. That was what was happening. God was adding them to their number. And we're going to see that more and more uh, throughout the book of Acts, that this is how this is happening. God is the one that is doing the work. So once again, for us, as we head into the weekend, there's an application for us. Trust the word. Don't think that somehow we need to have fancy ways of evangelizing people, that we need a method or a methodology. We need to trust the word. We need to trust that the word that we proclaim to our children, that God is going to use that word that is proclaimed to bring them to faith. If we share the word of God or we proclaim the gospel to somebody, we don't need to worry about it being fancy. Now, we shouldn't be sloppy with it and just um, do it poorly. But we don't need to think that somehow we need to have some sort of fancy way of doing it or method to do it. Instead, we just proclaim the word and trust that it is sufficient that God the Holy Spirit will use our proclamation of that pure gospel of Christ and him crucified, crucified to bring people to faith. So may we look for opportunities to do that today. How can we remind one another of the gospel to build each other and other, up other, build up one another in faith? How else? Can we proclaim the gospel to those who have never heard and not thinking that we have to have some method to convince them, but instead trust that the Holy Spirit can bring them to life if we faithfully proclaim that good news. So may we look for those opportunities and trust that God will be at work as he wills. Let us go to prayer. Merciful Lord, 
we praise you for the saving work that you have bestowed upon your people. We know that this is not because of anything that we have done, but because you have blessed us with the gift of your grace. Bless us with grateful hearts who live generously in praise of you, because you have added us to the number of those who have been saved. And we ask you that through your word and spirit today, we would be guided to be aware of where we have rebelled and sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. May this conviction drive us to repent and turn from our sin, and may we rejoice in the mercy that you have shown to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to trust that you are at work to shape us in holiness, that we might be your faithful witnesses to a world that is in need of your great salvation. And on this Friday, may we devote ourselves to your word and to living a life of prayer. Grant us the courage to proclaim your word today, that others may hear and believe the good news of Christ and him crucified. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have yourself a most excellent Friday, and I hope you also have a great weekend. Hopefully a relaxing one to be refreshed to join us on the Lord's Day. See you then. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org. Dwell in the Word episodes are available weekdays on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel.